The Secret of Utopia Colony, Chapter 11, A Strange Night. By Scott Sky. Copyright 2013 Scott Sky. That night Goro just couldn't sleep, he'd spent all day looking at what the tsunami had done to the beach, and couldn't stop thinking about it. Most of the seaweed and fish are gone, but I did see a few crabs and shrimp, he had explained to Arthur earlier. Do you think the dolphins survived? What about Utopia Colony? What kind of damage do you think the tsunami did to the coral reef? Utopia Colony seems so mysterious, an abandoned underwater city. How bad was it damaged during the war? Do you think the dome was damaged? Do you think the dome is flooded? If it is flooded, what kinds of fish live inside? Arthur didn't know the answers, but Samantha was sure the dome wasn't flooded. She couldn't explain why. It's just a feeling, she had explained. I just know. Goro stared up at the moons, at Phobos, over to Dimos, then back to Phobos. The two moons were small, but the swarms of starships orbiting them made them look like little clouds of stars. I wonder if I could see Utopia Colony, Goro murmured, and got up and walked over to the windows overlooking the ocean. The water seemed much calmer than usual, and was glimmering in the light from the moons. He looked out to where he knew Utopia Colony was, but all he could see was the shimmering slivery blue of the ocean. He gazed at the horizon. It was such a calm night, it seemed the ocean itself had gone to sleep. He looked up at the stars, at the various constellations, until he found the star he always looked for, the star the humans called Altair, and that the Tenka called Rook. Rook was the star the planet Giroda orbited, Giroda was Goro's home world. He smiled, it was the first time he'd looked for Rook since he'd arrived in Arcadia. He was about to go back to bed when he noticed something weird. He stared at it for a couple minutes, trying to figure out if he was really seeing something. It seemed to be a light moving through the water, towards the outpost. That's weird, Goro said to himself. It must be a sub. Arthur, hey Arthur. He called, waking up Arthur. Come take a look at this. Arthur rolled out of bed and stumbled across the room to where Goro was pointing out the window. He was half awake, but he quickly saw what Goro was pointing at, and was also surprised. Miki was also woken up when Goro called Arthur, and had now jumped up to Goro's shoulder. Is that Osiril's sub? Arthur asked. It's too close to the cliffs now for us to send out the arrow to check. Let's go down to the dock, and see who it is. It can't be Osiril, he's too scared of ghosts to go out at night. Maybe it's that other sub. They got dressed quickly, and were soon running down the path to the sub dock, under the light of the two small moons. They got there just before the sub pulled in. It is Osiril's sub, Arthur said as the sub docked. I wonder what he's been doing, Goro said. Let's hide and see. They turned off their flashlights and hid behind a large rock next to the dock. I'll bet he's been illegally fishing, Arthur said, as they waited for Osiril to come out of the sub. We've caught him doing that before. He says it's just for sport, and he lets them go, so it's okay. But I don't think it is. A few seconds later the sub's hatch opened and Osiral climbed up onto the top of the sub, pulling up some packages and tossing them onto the dock. He turned and reached back down into the sub, sniffing the way he always did, prompting Miki to demand, don't sniff. Where's your tissue? Osiral was so surprised that he lost his balance, and fell over backwards into the water, with a huge splash. He came to the top of the water quickly, soaking wet, and the boys didn't like his expression. He climbed out of the water and shook himself off, just like a dog would, 
and then started walking towards where the boys were hidden. We'd better get out of here, Goro whispered to Arthur, but it was too late, Osirail had seen them. Ninyat shirk. Osirail shouted with a look on his face that reminded Arthur of an angry wolf. You'll never spy on me again. They turned to run, but Osirail caught Goro by the arm, and took a swing at him with his other hand, where an old worn-looking set of claws had emerged from the ends of his short stubby fingers. Goro ducked Osirail's swipe at him, and Arthur stamped his foot down on Osirail's foot, causing Osirail to howl in pain, and letting Goro to get away. The boys ran away from Osirail down the path towards the beach, and away from the outpost. And Osirail was right behind them. How will we get back up to the outpost? Goro panted. There's only one path, and he'll see us. We can't go back up the path, Arthur gasped. He's right behind us. Try to get to the cave, hopefully he doesn't know about the tunnel. The boys made their way into the cave, splashing through the water that was around their ankles, terrified Osirail might catch up to them. Osirail came splashing down the pathway behind them, and saw them run into the cave. They're trapped now. They'll never go out at night again, he said with a grin. The boys had found the holographic wall, and disappeared through it, into the complete darkness of the secret tunnel. They heard Osiral out in the cave, splashing around looking for them, and they hoped he wouldn't stumble across the hologram the way they had. Goro had his hand over Miki's mouth, to make sure that the monkey didn't give them away again. Osiral clicked open his crystallite torch and the cave lit up like it was daytime. He shone the light around looking for the boys, but they weren't in the cave. He didn't know about the secret tunnel. He turned and walked out of the cave and looked around at some of the other caves, thinking he must have gone into the wrong one, and now he didn't know which one they were in. He muttered something to himself in a senon, and turned and walked up the path to a point he knew they'd have to pass to get back to the outpost. He closed his crystallite torch and crouched down beside a tree. They can't stay in those caves all night, I'll catch them when they try to come back up to the outpost, he said to himself. He didn't know the boys had started climbing up the long winding tunnel towards the outpost. It seemed to be even longer now than it had been the first time, but the first time they weren't running from a scary old man. Eventually they came to the trap door and found the button again, opening the door, and crawling up into the dark secret storeroom. They made their way to the door out to the main storeroom and were glad to find it unlocked, because they hadn't brought the keycard. I guess Osiral only had the one keycard, Arthur said, and opened the door. On the other side was the pile of boxes, which the boys quietly unstacked, and then restacked after they were past them. They silently crept upstairs to the kitchen, looking around for Osiral. I wonder if he's still down in the caves looking for us, Arthur said, once they were safely in the elevator heading back up to their room. I'm glad he didn't know about that secret tunnel, Goro said. When they got back up to the tower room, they turned on the lights and talked for a couple minutes about what had happened. They didn't need the light to see, but after being chased by an angry old man, it made them feel safer to have the lights on. Goro walked over to the window and looked down to see if he could see Osiral, but couldn't, and so they both decided to go back to sleep, and turned off the light. Osiral was still crouched down next to the tree waiting for them and he was getting angrier every minute he waited. But then he noticed a strange thing, the light in the tower room came on for a couple minutes, and he could see someone walking around up there. Then who did I chase into those caves? He asked himself. Whoever it was will have to come out sooner or later. Osiral waited until the morning, 
and then went back and searched all the caves, but didn't find anyone, and so decided to go back to the outpost and get some sleep. He was in the kitchen, getting ready to go to bed when he heard the sound of the kids coming down the hallway to the kitchen, and a few seconds later they walked in, all four of them. What do you want for breakfast? Arthur asked as they walked into the kitchen. I'm starving. I want waffles, Samantha answered. How did you guys sleep last night? Great, Goro answered. Me too, Kiyoko said. You couldn't have woken me if you'd tried. Yeah, I fell asleep as soon as my head hit the pillow, Arthur said, which was true, he had fallen asleep quickly, and then woken up quickly when Goro had called him over to look at the sub headed towards the outpost stock. Osaral stared at the kids, and didn't know what to say. The boys had already told the girls about their run-in with Osaral the night before. Together they decided to try to confuse Osaral, by convincing him that Arthur and Goro were asleep in the tower room all night, so he would think it was a ghost he had chased into the cave. You boys were sleeping up in the tower all night? Osaral finally asked in confusion. I saw a light on up there. I got up to look at the ocean for a few minutes, Goro answered quickly. I think I turned the light on. Where else would they have been sleeping? Samantha changed the subject. Utopia Colony? Kiyoko asked, and then started giggling. Osaral glanced at Kiyoko, and then stormed out of the kitchen, and down the hallway to his room. Someone had tricked him, and now the kids were laughing at him. He was confused and angry. Who could it have been? He didn't like it. When the kids finished their breakfast, they walked past Osaral's room, and heard him snoring loudly. We totally confused him, Goro said. It's probably better if we're not around when he wakes up, Arthur suggested. Maybe we should take off for the morning. He'll be asleep for a couple hours, but he doesn't sleep for very long at a time. Let's take a lunch with us, Samantha suggested. Then we don't have to come back until supper time. Maybe he'll be in a better mood by then, Kiyoko added. He has better moods? Goro joked. Let's go see if we can find that sub I saw the other day, Arthur suggested. The Cheedery. It looked like it was heading towards the southern coast. I think Mom's sick again, Samantha said. I'm going to go check on her. Why don't you guys pack us a lunch? About an hour later they headed out, down a different path, around the cliff the outpost was built on, and to the coast running south from the outpost. 